Hello and welcome back to the Talking Wolves podcast. My name is Matthew Cooper and today we're joined by none other than Tom Rouse from the Old Golden Black. Tom, how are you doing? Hello, yeah, very good. Thank you, Matt. Nice to be back. It is, it is. And we're also joined by Finn. Finn, how are you, son? Yeah, all right, thank you. Not much has changed since last time. Zero wins, still in the same position in life. So, yeah, we go again. Nice to be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully today, boys, we can find some solutions within 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 ourselves, um, and we can we can kind of segment what's happened in the last few games. We're going to look at uh, the last three games, which are Liverpool, Villa, Man City. Uh, we're also going to be looking at the rest of the season, what 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 we play in terms of personnel formation, and then of course your question. So, starting with the City game, Tom, um, did you? Did you <laughs> Do we have to? It was uh, yeah. We're gonna have to start there. It was Manchester City four, Wolves one. It seems like an age ago now. But Tom, your thoughts on that? I, it, I, I was particularly frustrated with the. the, the I mean, we, we were in the game at one point, and it, it just all collapsed. But how, how did you see it? The first half was, I think, the worst first half I've seen ever from any team. I can't believe. If I was a City fan, I'd be really, really frustrated that they didn't put three or four past us. From memory. Uh, I think we actually managed to control them relatively well. I don't remember them having too many clear cut chances, but they had. Did they have a penalty shout and then the and then a, the own goal from Dendonka as well in the first half? It was, mm. it was just so offside, tedious wasn't it? And, and yeah, well, yeah, the poor, yeah, yeah, poor goal right. was offside, wasn't it as well? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but we were just far too respectful, far too like deep, and just. Had no pace to our play at all, no intent in what we were doing. It looked as if we'd gone to set up and draw nil nil, and you know I couldn't see a scoring at all in that game. But thankfully, I mean, who would have who would have bet Conor Cody to score any time in the, in any game would uh, you'd have won a small fortune on that day. But Again, I think that was the only chance that we had. So it's quite good that we took it from memory. I don't think we really got round behind them or challenged them too much. So it was just the same old kind of pattern of play that had happened in the previous weeks to that, but against a really top quality team who then punished us in the last third of the game or last 10 minutes of the game. As you said, it was relatively tight up until that point. But then when Otisawi came on and shot us in the face uh, <laughs> with an awful performance, Can you, I can't remember anybody who's performed so badly in such a short period of time uh, and made the scoreline look like it should have looked. I think it was we were being flattered up until that point. But it was we got what we deserved, I think, ultimately in that game. Yeah, Finn, looking at the possession stats now, 73% in the favour of Manchester City, 22 shots to six. However, we did have two less offsides than City, so every cloud. I remember speaking to you after the game, Finn, and you you couldn't work out whether you thought 4-1 was a, was, was a fair scoreline. Yeah, it was a, all three of the games that we're going to talk about, really. I, still, I can't really make sense. that Maybe the Villa one's a little bit easier because there's nothing to make sense of. But, um, but yeah, for the Man City one, it... There was a period when we got the goal. I remember a specific moment, similar in the Man City and the Liverpool games, where we were like four on five or something like that, three on two. I think Matinho had the ball. And it was like like in split moments, and well, moments is a lovely Nuno word. He's getting in my head already. But um, but there's little moments like that where you could say, we made better chance in that five minutes than the Man City did in the whole of maybe a 45-minute period. Um, so if that goes in, you're going, oh my God, what a game plan. We've absolutely shit housed it and all that and I t- but then again for 85 minutes it was painful to watch 
like it's it's all well and good as as you say, like having a a tactical setup and and how you think the game's going to go, but you can't excuse like not being able to pass ten yards. Like there was so much of that. Mm. I think particularly Hoover had a few that you're like, oh dear. And as you say, after Sowies, it wasn't great either. But it's illegal to shoot over there, Tom. You know, maybe not in the face, but. <laughs> and one, one, one of the frustrations as well, and I think it's going to be a common theme throughout the next three fixtures that we talk about, is just that lack of cutting edge and ruthlessness. Tommy, we, we, we had, we had, we had mm. after we scored, we were, we were on top for 10 minutes and there was a number of chances. And I think a mm. couple fell to Adama, which he's doing bits for your agenda. Um, but that that's that's been the season. That's been the story all season, hasn't it? Tom's just that lack of cutting edge in front of goal. Yeah, and I mean we'll come to it eventually. But it was ultimately the price that we paid last night as well. We had some opportunities, but just I don't know what it is. But it's like the players are missing a beat. You know, like in the last couple of seasons, they've just known when and where to pass exactly when it comes to them. They know where the other players are going to be. And whether that's because this season they haven't played the same eleven for so many games in a row, we've they are sort of getting there now, and maybe we'll see some progress in that respect in the rest of the season. But the first two seasons, particularly the first season in the Premier League, when they, it was the same team for the first ten games or whatever it was, they knew exactly where Helder Costa would be or Cavaliero or whoever was playing those games. They would know where to make the runs, and the the fact that you know in the key positions we've had. So many different combinations. It's the wing backs and the wing forwards who, between them, they haven't been consistent. The striker hasn't been consistent. The midfielder hasn't been consistent either. So, it's, I think that's ultimately the the problem is that they they haven't got the the rhythm yet as a, as a team, and it is something that takes a lot of time. But I'm quite hopeful that these sort of patterns and combinations will come together over a proper pre-season that they'll have this year. I think somebody pointed out that pre-season for us this year was 11 days. The yeah. gap between the Villa game and the Man City game was nine days. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, there was there's some prospect for it to improve for the rest of the season, hopefully. I mean, I mean they've got um, international break as well, which I know lots of them will go away. So it won't be a chance to improve. Yeah. in the summer, do think, maybe. Do you think that's a fair point, Finn? Do you think that given we had a proper pre-season, and I get that it's the same for all clubs, that the, the players, new players coming in maybe may 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 have gelled a bit better? I know, really, the only inclusion from the, from the transfer window, players who have come straight into their first team is, what, uh, Semedo? Um, that, I mean, yeah. obviously, Aignori and Marcel have had, had a few runs in, in but Semedo's probably been the only real mainstay, hasn't he, since 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 the summer window? But do you think that's a fair point? Given given a, a better pre-season, a longer pre-season, it, we might be playing a bit better. Yeah, and I think initially you saw, I think it was us, United, Chelsea, that all had that particularly short um, period because mm. of, of Europe. And they've obviously ironed it out a lot better than we have. But yeah, I'd, I'd say, say, I remember like that first pre-season Nuno came in and they said the amount they were doing on five at the back. And I remember being at that Shrewsbury game where we got beaten and it was like, no, we keep doing what we're doing. And it was like mm. drilling it in for months and then to do it in 11 days. And ironically, Tomatoes probably looked better in a five than a four whenever we played it, despite him playing a four for like the last however many years at Barcelona. But yeah, I think it, there is an element of that. And it's just the relationships, as you say, like the sort of Doherty-Adama relationship had gone the Jota Jimenez, the Jota Adam, all those sorts of ones, they take time to build up unless they're like mm. freaks. Like I remember Jota and Jimenez clicked instantly really and then sort of Jimenez Catrone never really worked. I remember specifically City away, Everton away. So maybe they come naturally but they also need need time as well and we're just, I mean, there's not, I can't think of a, 
a fruitful relationship on that pitch at the moment that you really think, yeah, they, they know each other? You don't, for me, looking at it now, you don't see the kind of chemistry on the pitch that we did like two, couple of years ago, even last season, like between individuals. And you can always tell when players have got a bit of a relationship at the minute. Mm. You know, it just seems that they don't seem as that much of a of connection. Do you think that's, it might be the characters around the place, but go on, Tom. I think, I think it's down to the pandemic. I think we've seen over the last couple of years that how much um, they socialise. They all go to that, well, it's closed now, but that one cafe in town where, uh, Portuguese cafe, <laughs> or Helders, Costa. Um, <laughs> oh, look. Uh, oh, this is why he gets a big appearance for, for material <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they haven't had the chance. I mean, the stories, I mean, I... I actually went to a dinner in the Mount Hotel back in September when it was legal to do so. And Vitinha and Fabio Silva just walked past at one point. And we thought, oh, so this is where they're living. And bear in mind, they signed at the beginning of August. So they'd lived in that hotel for two months at that point. Uh, albeit they weren't playing. But perhaps that is the reason why Vitinha is not playing. He's just not settled. He's not, you know, I don't know, but, but that's, I'm speculating. But in terms of building relationships, you look at... Uh, all the parties they used to have, the Halloween parties they had last year and stuff, mm. they all like coming together. And it's not just the Portuguese players. Even Catrone was at those parties and he didn't get on with anybody on the field. But they do try <laughs> to include all of them. And there's you know, there's only so much Zoom that one can take, uh, we've all sort of discovered over this last 12 months. So I think that it will, it will get better once things do normalise and they are able to go out and to socialise and to play FIFA together or whatever it might be that they, they enjoy doing. And hopefully those key relationships will start to blossom next year. Yeah. And just, just to round up the, the City game, Finn, I'll ask you first. Um, 4-1, were you disappointed with the result? Or were you just was... happy to accept that it was with Manchester City are just a very good side? Yeah, I was just disappointed in that both games against Man City this season, they they look a lot worse than they were because of the collapse late on. It's, it's just frustrating. I mean, at, at this point, we're not really fighting for places, so goal difference isn't going to matter. And I'm just sort of indifferent about it. But it's just frustrating that to, I don't know, to the person that hasn't watched the game, they've gone, oh, Wolves have been battered there. And mm. looking at the other stats, we kind of did. But it doesn't quite tell the whole story, especially that home game. And just disappointed in general with the two performances. Maybe in, in general, we're against the top six. The, the points there... We, there hasn't been many Arsenal, Chelsea, um, we just haven't put up as much of a fight or been as close. I mean, we didn't we, we didn't get battered ever. Four one was a very rare scoreline in the first two years in the Premier League, wasn't it? And we've been beat four nil, four one, four nil against West Ham as well. It's weird. Yeah. What about you, Tom? Were you just happy to? We we happy to accept that it was just a very good City side, or are you, no, were you, were you I think. Away? I think we, we gave them far too much respect and gave them, you know, we play, like I said to you last time, I think it was on the podcast, saying about playing the the situation, sorry, not playing the situation. We played the, just our game regardless. And we should have actually had more of a go at City. And I think, had, had we have lost 4-1, conceding four goals, going for it and trying to outscore them, it would have been foolish, but we would have been far more entertained. We're all sitting bored in the house. But um, we, I don't think it would have been any worse had we have gone for it. I think we would have still got battered <laughs> like we did, but we would have had a fairly nice yeah. evening and a bit yeah. of hope, perhaps. Yeah. Just, just, just looking at the expected goals, um, whether you whether you like this oh, metric or not, I, love I, the I do actually. I, I don't. I I don't think it, it, it. For me, it's just a kind of a barometer of how how threatening or how offensive a team mm. has played or how many good good chances have had. So looking at <laughs> half-time, Man City, 0.83. Bearing in mind, penalties, 0.77, 0.79, something like that. 
So 0.83, Wolves 0.00. So literally no chances, not even like a speculative shot from effort, which is probably mm. about 0.1. Absolutely nothing. Moving to full didn't time. Get in there half, didn't get in there yeah. half, did we? Because yeah, it's, it, we really didn't. And then Wolves at full time, 0.41, Man City 3.37. So <laughs> it's it, it's pretty much there to be seen. It's City. We, we just didn't. We just we just didn't do enough. But they're a good side, and you know they'll they'll win the league at a canter. But yeah, di- I was disappointed the way we just for that spell we had. We could have made something of it. And, Made a game out of it, but mm. it wasn't to be. And moving on to the Villa game, which was just four days later, Aston Villa nil, Wolves nil. Um, which been it's been quite a, 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 a common theme for me this season. I watch this game fairly intoxicated, purely just to get through it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, I remember I remember sending Dave a video afterwards, and I was just like, it's like I, I, I know that I'm going to need a few cans to get through this game, but Finn. What were your thoughts on the game? I was, I was pretty pissed off with it. If, if I'm honest, it was. I don't. The first half, it's for me was terrible. But how did you see it, Finn? Were you were you made up with a nil nil at Fortress Villa Park? <laughs> <laughs> I was just so indifferent. Just like I just didn't care because it felt like the players didn't care. I mean, Sace's miss the XG on that. When we get to that, my God. But no, yeah, I, to be honest, I can't really remember much happening apart from that. I just remember Cody and Sace being our most threatening players. And when that happens, you know, it, you know, it's not been a great game. But, um, but no, yeah, it just, I'm going to pass over to you. What was the point you just made, Tom? I had a fantastic point about Villa and I forgot about it. What was the point? Oh, I cannot remember it, but I, was, I, was, I had an absolute gem there. It's completely gone from my head. I, th- I think it was a really, really good opportunity to go to Villa Park and get three points with Grealish being out. That playing one. the situation, that was the mm. one. You play Grealish without Villa. Uh, play Villa without Grealish. <laughs> I, I prefer to play Grealish without Villa. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Um, but that's what I mean, like, as in another case of you've got to go for yeah. a Grealishless Villa just like everyone else has. Sheffield United beaten without Grealish. It's so, when, once mm. they're sort of best form of defence is attacking that, oh God, we've got to worry about Grealish and then Watkins can play better and, and everyone can. It was just frustrating how we didn't show any ambition, especially in the first half. Mm. Tom, would you echo that thought or would you disagree? Well, I, was, I was panicking a second ago because I was desperately trying to remember anything from that game to mention because yeah. I just couldn't remember anything <laughs> from it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I can remember is being is my doing my video afterwards and, being, and I never tend to rant. And like I said last time, I do tend to sort of die down by the end of it. But that video, I was so annoyed at how negative we played. Just the whole game. It, like the first half, again, was so poor, so slow and so, and so respectful to Villa because they're slightly higher up in the table or because they've got some threatening players. But we were just, we we didn't create anything at all in that first half. And I don't even know what he changed at halftime other than shouting a little bit because, they. I mean, to, from memory, I don't think there was any tactical change. It wasn't easy, even as if the wingers swapped, I don't think. Mm. Um, no substitutions, but it, we did look slightly better. But even still, the only chances that we created, as Finn said, were from free kicks from Cody and from Sace. And that one from Sace, is, I think it's really bad luck. I think nine times out of ten, that goes into the back of the net. Or even more than that, 99 out of 100. He's just got far too good a connection on it. <laughs> he's he's got it up and over. If he just gets a toe on it, or he just gets something on it, it goes in. But he's I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to leather it in from ten centimeters out. That that chance though, 
you know what? Do you know what the chance came from, lads? It was it was a, it was a short corner. Short corner. Now, yeah. I like short <laughs> corners. I'm I'm a fan of short corners. I think it. It, it, it creates a better angle and it moves players around. You can see a ball coming straight in. You, you might get, get it under the keeper and put pressure on him. I am. But there's a time and a place. Tactics are more from the continent rather than Bilston. Um, but yeah, he came, he think, came from a short corner and a, a very well worked short corner. And I think they'd worked on that, just move, moving to the back stick because they must see that Villa are susceptible to having balls looped over to the to back stick and not having much protection. But like you said, it's a, it, it, he's almost got too much of a of a good connection on it. But apart from that, I think the tactics were, you've got, just give the ball to Neto and see what he can do. And it's been the same throughout the season. It's shit, isn't it? Mm. He's, he's been really quiet as well since that Southampton goal, which was over a month ago now. I don't think he's scored since. I don't think he's providing an assist since. I might be wrong with that. But he... Yeah. he yeah. Uh, goal of Newcastle. Oh, was oh, that yeah. him? Okay, right, fair enough. Uh, but... He's had a, he has had a really quiet few games because I don't know whether it's because of all the talk about him and he sort of it's gone to his head a little bit like happened to Gibbs White a few years ago, or whether he just can't deal with the expectation of him. Whether it is that Nuno saying right, just pass it to Neto, he'll do everything for us, and you just try and get in the box. But I, you can't do that to somebody who's just turned twenty one. I think he's he's got to have some support from the others around him. Neves is doing that. I think Neves has really stepped up the last few weeks and has played really... Yesterday, I thought he was exceptional. Moutinho did it last night, but I don't think he did it against Villa at all. I think he had another poor game. Um, so it's just looking for... this plays in the team who can do things. Traore, another one. I think he had a fairly anonymous game against Villa. I can't remember mm, yeah, too cool. many good things that he did. So just, they've got to step up these other players and take the pressure off Neto. That was one of the most frustrating things, wasn't it, with Target and El Mohamedi? And you thought Neto and Traore, surely there's only one winner on both sides there. And I, there wasn't really any moment where they even beat them once. Mm. Mm. Do you think that lack of positivity is personnel or system? Do you think it's a, or a bit of both? Do you think it's just the players just not being up to it on the day? Or do you think it's being set up to play within yourself and not to lose? I know what I think it is, but... I, I don't know. I can't imagine that the plan is go and play so badly in the first half that we <laughs> no. look okay in the second. I don't. I can't. I. I don't think that Nuno's plan is. Surely it can't be keep it safe, keep it boring for an hour, and let's try and nick a goal. Surely against teams who are low on confidence. I would like to hope that that's not the case, but I think it probably that's behind closed doors. I think that's probably what they're saying. Let's just try and keep it. Because he always mm. talks about Disney zeros and ones in the defence because you can win mm. if you score. But you're not going to lose games or lose too many games if you're only conceding one goal per game. Uh, but I don't know. I don't did know. you see, I think the fan cast put a tweet out because they they've done a, they did a, um, an interview with Harry Burgoyne a couple of years back, I think. And, and Harry Burgoyne said on, on the interview that Nuno doesn't like to change the way we approach a game until the other team start making subs because then it's their their 11's been weakened and I could not believe that. Well, I, and teams I, don't I, always... Genuinely, I was like, surely that's yeah. not right, but why would Harry be going say that? And and if, if that mm. is the case, and for me, that is that's that is extremely concerning for a team that was in a Europa League semi-final, um, quarter-final cool. last year, like... Surely, surely that isn't the case that he waits until teams make a sub and then goes at them because they're weaker. Finn, what do you yeah. think of that? Well, 
Go but off, I um, also saw that he said, um, sorry, go on, do you want to take a time? Or do you want to... Go on. No. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, he also said about that the philosophy in the championship going on that same point was like, when we've got the ball, we're tiring them out and then they'll bring on subs and get weaker. And we, we haven't seen that in a, I mean, it was easy to do it in the championship, but mm. all of that just, it's it's unfamiliar. Maybe the subs thing, imagine if like Grealish was on the bench and it was like, all right, well, they're weaker now, let's go at them now. Um, but no, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. You can't give yourself 15, because subs realistically, it's past the 60 minute mark. If, if it's Kenny Jacket, it's bang on the 60 minute mark. Um, <laughs> and that's half an hour to win a game and you're just praying that you, it's just, it's not right, is it? It's not how you win a football match. I don't know how we managed to do it, if that is the philosophy. <laughs> I, I, it, Tom, uh, were you about to make a point on that? I was going to say that pretty much the same. Like Teams often get stronger with substitutes because they, you know, there might be a better player on the bench that they're saving for another game and they bring them on for half an hour or players who are coming back from injuries who are really good, just give them a little bit of time to get into the game. It's it's a really, really naive strategy. Surely, surely to God, they're not doing that. I'd, 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 I'd hope not. It, it may explain the, the, the negative football that we've been playing and playing within ourselves. But for me, that if that is the case, it, it, it's not acceptable. But yeah, that 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 was a Villa game again. This a very, very disappointing one. It was a real opportunity for theirs was to go and make a statement, give something back to the fans as well because we've lost to Villa this season. We've lost to the Albion. Just give us something to be a bit more positive about because apart from Neto having a good season, there's been absolutely nothing to be positive about, has there? But oh, it's just been a it's been a shit old season. And then we have uh, Liverpool come to town um, last night. We're recording this on a Tuesday, and I was not feeling confident about this game. And I was with Robbie Lyle from AFTV, as I'm sure I'm sure you've seen. Oh, hang on, sorry, Matt. No, just, just pick the name. Yeah, let me just pick that name up for you there. Sorry. <laughs> I was with Robbie Law. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I was saying, I, I know exactly how this game's going to go. We're going to shut the shot for 65, 70 minutes and try and nick one late on. Completely the opposite. I thought we start. I thought yeah. we started the game as, as uh, the way that I want Wall to play on the front foot, taking it to teams. I know we lost the game in the end, but were, were you expecting us to shut the shot for 60 minutes like I was, Tom? Or were we expecting what we saw? I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought we would get battered, but then I thought, well, Nuno's shocked us in some games uh, in the past where he's gone for it and we didn't think that he would and it's come off or we've been bat <laughs> battered because of it. I think the Liverpool away game, I think he tried to play a bit more expansive and we got really shown how to play football in that game. Uh, so I was a little bit surprised that, in, that he sort of went the same kind of way uh, for this game, but it worked and we were. I think we were quite unlucky to lose the game. I think on balance, I think we had equally good chances. I know that Liverpool, any second could broke, break away and score. Uh, and they did, you know, sadly for Diogo, who is uh, used to scoring at the South Bank. But I think everybody sort of had that bet anyway. It's about time. We've got one away there, isn't it? Okay, no. I know. <laughs> but again, I was going to tweet it, but then I thought I would I'd probably look stupid if I did. But apart from that goal, I don't remember it being particularly threatening at all. I think we managed him really, really well. Um, there's some really tough challenges on him. <laughs> Sace liked, uh, I think he quite enjoyed flattening him in the second half. That should have um, been earlier, though, that you should have just gone through in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and Neves, I think, had the better of him as well. I think he had, you know, and Matinho turned him, didn't he, at one point as well, which was quite nice to see. But I don't, again, the argument will come up about uh, should we have let Jota go? Yes, we should have, because in our team, 
He was not working. Same as Doherty. I watched the, the London derby the other day. He was awful. Atrocious. How he got £15 million for him. Jeff Shee is an absolute genius. Um, <laughs> but I can't remember what the question was. But we, um, I think... Were, were you happy with the was, approach? Yeah, I think we... Uh, yes, I was. And it, it showed that we can do it. And we can start a game in that positive fashion. And we can play for... Pretty much 90 minutes. There were spells where Liverpool controlled the ball, but then we sort of reset and we did our sort of controller game. For me, although we lost, it was a pretty good template for how we should go for the rest of the season. Throw caution to the wind, have chances. Uh, on another day, with a better referee, we get a penalty in the first couple of minutes and it's a completely different game. I don't want to mention the refereeing performance too much, but I it do. was atrocious. It was awful. Yeah, well, we'll move on to the, the penalty and the, the, the red card and uh, just a, the general absolute shit show from Craig Pawson. and Finn. For me, it's 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 a red card. It, it's a penalty. It's clear as day. He's dropped it. And I think the only thing that saves Alisson is the fact that when the ball drops for Semedo, it doesn't drop right in front of him. It falls away from him a little bit. I think if it drops at his feet, it's a it, it's a stone wall, but I think Alisson's very lucky at the fact that Samayo hasn't controlled it very well. But did you think it was a penalty, Finn? Did you think that the Thiago tackle was a red card? And do you think that Craig Corson's inept at his job? Jeez, what do you have against Willie Bolly as well? By the way, how many? I know. <laughs> st- I know. How many decisions? And it, but yeah, let's let's. I'll try and be be calm about it. I think following on from that <laughs> last point about setting up, I think that it made sense in, in every sense of the word that the Liverpool's weakest area at the moment is the defence, isn't it? So to put mm. pressure on Alisson, Kabak, uh, Phillips, Robertson's been having a bad season as well. And we, we, we bared fruit from that, obviously, with the, with this penalty. And Alisson looked particularly shaky. And the amount of things I've seen on it today have just made me more and more angry. For example, um, if you watch back the clip, Alisson falls to the floor after taking Semedo out and whacks the ground, as in, oh, I've given away a penalty. And you see, and then you also watch, he has his whistle to his mouth and then goes, oh, no, no. And then they don't check it. Just everything about it is more and more annoying. Then I saw Dermot Gallagher on Sky. They're going, oh, no, no, Tomato handballed in the build-up. That's why it wasn't given. And then they were laughing about it because David James was on. And it was like, oh, so why was he handling it? Oh, because Alisson had just thrown himself on it. It's like, (laughs) honestly, everything I've seen about it, it, and and it doesn't get the the hoo-ha that, if it was against, for example, if it was the other end and wasn't given, which I'm sure it would have been. But it's like, oh, yeah, Wolves' decision. There it goes. If that mm. refereeing performance was against a Man United, a Man City, it'd be all over the news. Like, the bo- Bolly handball when it hits his thigh. Studs down challenge wins on... Oh, Tom, save me. I, th- I think it's a bigger problem <laughs> than than just Craig Pawson. We've seen Lee Mason. Uh, Nuno got fined for that. But then he, that complete horror show that he had against... Uh, the album with the Brighton game it was terrible. Um, they're just completely inept at their jobs. The The fact that there were no Premier League referees in the World Cup in 2018 should have been emergency. We need to improve our referees. How can we have the best league in the world yet have no English referees representing you know our league in the in the Premier Tournament of World Football? We've gone from having Howard Webb, like him or loathe him, he refereed the World Cup final. It's only ever been done by two Englishmen. So that's, you know, the highest accolade you can have. So why then has that not been, you know, why have, have we not improved from that point? How have we let him retire? Klattenberg, again, like him or loathe him, Champions, European Championship final and Champions League final in 2016. 
tattoos approved as well, bless him. Yeah, <laughs> excellent referee. They they must be the only one who I think at the moment could hold his held his head high, but equally makes mistakes is Michael Oliver. I think he's probably the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, um, but it comes down to the the communication between the referees. They're sort of they're I don't know they they love the power of being in control of these multi millionaires. Yeah, and mm. they don't like Mourinho said after the uh, North London derby. Are you going to speak to the referees after after the after the game? No. So they don't even have to justify their decisions. They don't. They've made so many clear and obvious mistakes. VAR was supposed to eradicate all this. It hasn't. It's made it worse. It's amplified them tenfold. I think I said last time this. I'm. You know, had they have had fans in the stadium for the last twelve months, somebody would have been killed because we saw how bad he was getting. <laughs> that- <laughs> <laughs> remember that Leicester game? That Leicester game was, happened just before lockdown. It was the, yeah. I think it was Valentine's Day even. When that goal uh, was disallowed, I can't remember who scored it, but it was Neto's heel that was offside yeah, running backwards. backwards. That the the atmosphere in the ground at halftime, and it went on during halftime, the booing and stuff was toxic. If that had been allowed to have carried on, something would have happened at the end of last season that somebody would have got relegated because of VAR. It's going to cause huge Aston problems. They've had, they've had 12 months to sort it out behind closed doors. They've not done it. It's worse now than it was when we when we left them to it 12 months ago. I don't think the issue is VAR. I've, 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 all, all the errors... All the, all the errors human errors still. ...aren't machine errors. They're human error, and which comes yeah. from the fundamental issue is that the standard of officiating in, in England and the, I don't know about Scotland or, or, or Wales, but in England, in the Premier League especially, what? is absolutely dire. It's shocking. And if if you and I can say that's a penalty, if everyone else, every Wolves fan, every Liverpool fan can say that's a penalty, then what? why why, why isn't it given as a penalty? And I'll tell you why it isn't given as a penalty. And that is purely to protect the on-field decision. They've classed it as it not being clear and obvious and they've protected what is the wrong decision on-field because they don't want the referees to get so much dick. And we've seen it in recent weeks where the referees told Harry Maguire, saying, if I give that, there's going to be too much backlash. You, you paid a lot, a lot of money to make right calls, and I get mm. that you don't want the backlash, but this these decisions could cost clubs millions and millions of pounds and could cost me to have permanent heart damage. So I, well, um, I, I don't know if they are paid enough, though. For I know they are paid, you know, Compared to the average Joe, they get paid like eighty to ninety grand, maybe a hundred grand a year, which is you know enormous amounts of money. However, they're refereeing players who are worth that per week or per you know half a week. So you need to have you need to invest in the education of referees. You need to have former referees, sorry, former players being trained to be referees. But why they would do that when they know how they're treated by the players? Yeah. There needs to be a change in sort of very much like rugby in that. You can't speak to a ref. If the referee, like Nigel Owens, who's the the Welsh referee, he's openly gay. Everybody knows it, and it's a you know he's really really famous referee. He's just retired. He will call these. He's a short little bloke. Call these huge lumps towards him, and he'll tell them off, and they won't say a word to it, to him because they know if he does, they're off. There's no respect in football t- towards referees, partly because they are inept at their job and they don't do mm. the, the things right, but then. It's, it's got to be, you know, there was, there's various rules brought in about 10 years ago that you couldn't speak to a referee, and if you did, it would be booked. Where have they gone? Because everybody's forever going up to the referees, and I don't think it's got any better in that time. But 
that they need we need to hear their conversations as well. I think if you turn their microphones on to broadcast, I'd much rather listen to the referee than to Martin Tyler, by the way, as well. But um I think there's a lot more that they we can learn from other sports. Football sort of has the blinkers on, thinks that it's great, thinks that it's the working man sport and that everybody loves it, but there's a lot wrong with it and it needs to be sorted out quickly before people start taking their money out of it. Yeah. Well, and murdering people in the ground. Exactly. I remember that the game. <laughs> I put a telly through in the South Bank, didn't I? I mean, it's obviously not behaviour we condone, but it does drive people to that kind of idiotic behaviour. I suppose so does probably alcohol and other substances. Um, but moving moving away from the refereeing decisions, Finn, looking at that game, where we had some very, very good chances. And we, again, as we said at the start of the pod, just not clinical enough, are we? No, especially my my one to watch Samedo on FIFA that goes up if he basically mm-hmm. just has to score a goal and I'm I'm in the money. And the amount of times he get, <laughs> cuts back onto his left and you just don't expect him to score. I remember the Neves one from a very similar area on the pitch. We're just, yeah, just not clinical. I, I think we out XG'd Liverpool, didn't we, last night? Um, and ironically, then our most <laughs> unclinical player last season gets the goal when theirs was like less <laughs> than one. Um, but... But no, yeah, you just don't feel like I think it was it fourteen goals from open play all season. They said on commentary, like what? What is that? What it like? Yeah, that, that can't. It's not. Except, yeah, and for like for people that say our, our set pieces are so bad, yet we've got quite a few from there. Imagine where we'd be without them. I, I know you can caveat it with Jimenez and Pedence and creative players like that, but fourteen goal. What is it? Thirty something? Is it twenty eight, twenty nine games now? Fourteen yeah. goal. That's like half a goal yeah. a game. I think that, there's the problem. One from a striker from open play since Jimenez got injured. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about the Jimenez thing because go, go, when I speak to fans from other clubs, it's, oh, it's been really difficult. You lost Jimenez. And of course, it's a massive loss. And I think any club would struggle if they had such a talisman being taken out of the squad. But for me, the problems were there before Jimenez got injured. Mm-hmm. I remember before that Arsenal game, I still remember us being pretty, pretty shit. There's um, a reason we went to four, wasn't it? To create yeah, more yeah, chances. Yeah, yeah. did that and with we'll, Jimenez. We'll, we'll, We'll come on to that in a bit, and as to how we how we how we set up moving into the last stage of the season. But going to the Jota goal, it's a Patricio error for me. I don't know how you feel about it, Tom. I feel like he hasn't got down quick enough, and it should be yeah. it should be one he's saving. We'll come on to the injury in a bit, but it's for mm. me it's just it, it's again it's a it's a it's a goalkeeping error. It's an unavoidable goal, and if we don't concede that, it's a very good chance that we may go on to win the game. Yeah, but I mean, you can say that, and you know, and I don't know about another goalkeeping error. I don't think he's made too many this season. I think he's had a really good season uh, this year. Yeah, yeah he did make a... two or three errors that have led to goals. But as a keeper, if you make an error, I mean, more, than, more than often, leads yeah, obviously, of course, yeah. But I mean, think of the defense he's got in front of him as well, and how many more saves he's making this year than he was last year. I think he's. He's he's had a I think he's up there for our player of the season behind Neto at the minute. I think he's had a really exceptional season, and he did moments before that save. Uh, oh, I don't know if you can call it save, but he he did enough to put Mane off when he'd sure, taken it around yeah. him. It was a good good bit of goalkeeping that was. That was really fair. good. Yeah, but again, it, it's really frustrating because I don't remember him making another save. There were a few that were straight at him, a few that he had to get down and smother quick, quickly. But there was no real you know fingertip saves that he had to make at all, which was um was a shame it just happens whether he was unsighted for a second i don't i've watched the goal back again but i don't think it took a deflection or anything it was just 
one of those where I think he was probably expecting him to go across the goal and it caught him unawares going for the near post. And I think that's all it was. It was, you could argue it was clever play by Jota, but we know him as a player. It was probably a miss hit. He probably was him for the other, <laughs> the other side of the goal. No, he's, a, he's a FIFA player, mate. He knows near yeah. post. OP. Um, but <laughs> but no, I think, like Matt said about um, Patricio's errors, they've all sort of been hard and low. I remember like the Eze one at, at Crystal Palace. Mm. It's not glaring errors, but it's like, oh, you probably should be getting there. I don't know whether, what, how old is he now? 34, 30, like maybe just getting down. I mean, top corners, you always back him, don't you? His reflexes are ridiculous. But he's, he's, he's 34, maybe, yeah. fucking 64. <laughs> <laughs> he's 33, so he's just gone 33 as well. There's no excuse. All right, yeah, yeah. Get no down, excuse. Mate. Maybe if he was 35, maybe. But yeah, perhaps it was a little <laughs> bit harsh to say another goalkeeper there. But I can remember two or three this season where... It's hard on, yeah, hard on. Yeah, but then again, like you said, he's also made up for it and he's a bit of a thankless task playing in, in goal for us with our back four or five mm. constantly changing, constantly being pulled in and out of position. But we'll quickly quickly brush on the, the injury. Hopefully, I mean, there's not been much news that's come out apart from Nuno saying he's okay. It looks to be that it's just... Potentially a, a, a bad concussion. Um, we all feared the worst, didn't we, when we saw another head injury? We were thinking bloody hell, like not two in one season. But fingers crossed, it mm. looks it looks okay. And I mean, we don't know if he probably won't be playing. He's probably in a very good position that we've got a, an international break now. Mm. He may stay back and not go because he has been called up. Um, and hopefully he can play in the next game, which is against West Ham United. But yeah, it was um, it was it was a difficult watch, and you could see that you could see the pain etched on Cody's face, couldn't you, Tom? Because he felt mm. felt really bad that he'd, he'd clattered him. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't feel the same as the Jimenez injury, just because there were a couple of little signs that he thought it, it can't be that bad because they know like Jimenez was waving from the stand at one point. He thought, well, it surely can't be that bad if he's like, Wee. or um, <laughs> you know, there was I think Johnny and some uh, Matinho perhaps were you know laughing on the halfway line. Cody looked. Mm. You would, whatever damage you've done to your own player, you'd feel pretty gutted by it. Yeah. But I think um, there were a couple of signs. He was conscious throughout. He was sort of talking. He had his arms splayed like that on the floor, but he was talking away. So I didn't I didn't feel as nervous as I did uh, when Jimenez went down. But um, yeah, so I'd, I'd, I don't know. I thought maybe it was his jaw or his neck or something like that, but... Hopefully it's just a concussion. He'd be he'd be back pretty soon. But you'd be a big miss as well. I know that um, Ruddy. I'm pretty happy with him to come in for a couple of games. But you don't want him for you know ten games uh, for the rest of the season. It might start to be a bit of a problem there. But it'd be a good chance for Ruddy to say farewell as well. As or it does seem as if he's going. So maybe running the team would be just a reward for four years' service. Maybe. And then, as you said, a lot for the rest of the season. I think that's what we'll go on to now. It's a nice little link there, Tom. So, well well done. Well done on that. And I'll start with you, Finn. We, what is the plan now for the rest of the season? Do you stick with the five at the back? Do you stick with the same personnel? Do you change stuff? Do you change the way we approach games? We've we've, we've played 29 games. And what's, what's that left? Nine games left? That's correct, mm. isn't it? Yeah, 38 games. Yeah. So, Finn, how... how what if you're Nuno? What do you do for the next nine games? Do you start Morgan Gibbs White every single game with Virginia? Do you play four at the back? Do you play five? Tom's obviously disagreed there. But <laughs> what do you do if you're Nuno? I think a mix of everything to sit on the fence, but you just you've got a sink or swim a few of the players, haven't you? I mean, we've hardly seen Virginia, and I saw someone um, on Twitter like screenshotted his um, 
sort of welcoming article and it was he's going to be an integral part for the rest of the season going forward. Um, as in going forward on the pitch, not the season. Um, <laughs> and and you just haven't seen him. Eight hey, Nori, is, is he worth 20 million? I don't know. Maybe not. But like you, you've got to give these guys a chance now when there's nothing really on the line. There's not too much pressure on them as young players. So hopefully Nuno said, go out there and impress me. He might go, go out there, sit behind the ball. What is it? The Neil Warnock thing. Enjoy it, but enjoy it by being disciplined. Um, <laughs> I, so, don't <laughs> I don't mean you do. <laughs> but no, you just want to see him, don't you? Hoover, Aitnori, uh, Vitinha. There's a lot of exciting young players there. Give them a go. I mean, we still need five more points to be safe, obviously. Hmm. Uh, get that 40 points mark. But it, it should happen. Unless we lose to every single one of those sort of bottom five teams that we've got coming up, we're in no trouble. Um, so just have fun. Let's have fun for the first time this season. Let's win... 5-4 or lose 6-2. You know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's just do it. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> 6-2 drubbing, that's what dreams are made of. <laughs> what do you reckon, mate? Five at the back, um, four at the back, play fringe oh. players, give them a chance, shot window I job. Think, I think we've got um, one more win and we're perfectly safe. I can't see Fulham or Newcastle getting to 38 points. Yeah, we should. 38 points. Fulham are on, currently on 26, who they're at 18th place. I think they're one to watch, but they're not consistent enough, are they? They've only won five games all season. They draw quite a few games just looking at the table now. So uh, I think we'll be okay anyway. So it's worth trying. I think just, uh, I don't think it matters who we play for what game uh, or formation. I think any sort of formation change consistently should be done in pre-season behind closed doors rather than let's just try these few things. I think stick with the five at the back. Play Vitinha instead of Moutinho, perhaps. Play, uh, I'd even throw in like Longwike and some of those players that we've seen from the under 23s Ooh. on the bench. Give them the last 10 minutes of games. If we're, if we're winning, you know, we saw Will Norris and Max Kilman come on and do a job in that Fulham game uh, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be fair, I watched the under, under 23s the other day against Sunderland because I'm off work at the minute and I was really impressed with Longwike. I don't know if it's just because he's like a mirror image of Virgil uh-huh. Oh, he, he looked um, he, he looked a tidy little player, but would you? Um, if for me, I would. No, the the personnel we're going to be here this season are probably going to be is probably going to be the same or thereabouts next season, apart from maybe two or three additions. I don't think there's going to be wholesale changes, although I think there should be. Um, for me, I would just be saying, look into next season, saying I know what players are going to be part of my plans next season. Let's just try and bed in and make sure our game plan and the way we play is watertight so we're ready to go for next season I don't think we're in a relegation battle by any stretch of the imagination like you said one more point at one more win I think Fulham will stop up I think it could be anyone from Newcastle or, or Brighton to go down yeah. I mean even Southampton are on a slippery slope aren't they but I think with uh, with our games coming up just looking now we've got West Ham Fulham Sheffield United Burnley West Brom if we can't get one of those and we deserve to go down. Yeah. Um, so for me, we'll just be looking ahead to next season and knowing what players are going to be there, what players are going to be part of the plans and, and giving them the game time, hopefully solidify a bit of a game plan. Because at the minute it screams to me that we just don't have a, a set game plan. Um, but the next, the next three fixtures, chaps, West Ham at home, 5th of April, Fulham away on the 9th of April, which is a, the both late kickoffs, and then Sheffield United at home on the 17th of April. Seven points from that, six points. West Ham are obviously in, in, in very good form, but you know, it's it, 
I still think they're there to be beaten if we if we play Finn. How, how many points do you reckon Wolves will be getting from that and how many would you be happy with? I think I'd be happy with six, yeah. which is really depressing to say if you'd have said that last season, those three games. Um, but just that midfield for West Ham scares me. I mean, they're big, industrious. Um, so I, I can't see much coming from that game. But with the other two, yeah, six points would be nice. Um, but for like Fulham away, it never gives you. Have we ever won there? Like ever? I think Kevin Costa did <laughs> yeah. a job once. Well, I remember Sessignon, was it two seasons ago? or And then, I don't know. Mm. I'm just not confident. Yeah, six would be lovely. I'll tell you. I remember Saka in the corner in the Championship and then Dicko missing <laughs> a counter. I was there. I remember yeah. it. <laughs> it was like a Monday night. But yeah, so mm. six points, you reckon, Finn? You'd be happy with that? Very, yeah. I'll take that all day long. No Where do you reckon no two, two wins going to come against Fulham and Sheffield United then? You'd think so. Looking at Sheffield United the other night, you think if we don't get three it's points gone. there... Yeah, if there's any chance to get some open play goals, honestly, it was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll sit 10 men behind the ball and we'll manage to get lose 1-0 against no, them, yeah. don't worry. 90 plus 1, David McGoldrick. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, yeah, 6 six will do. Tom, how about yourself, mate? Next I, three I mean, I would like to be as positive as Finn, but I'm going to go for 4. I think we're going to lose against West Ham. Uh, I think we'll get a draw against Fulham and I think we'll beat Sheffield United. I, I can't see us being positive in any of those games. Just from from what I know of Nuno and what I can expect. Yeah. But I would love it. I would love it if they just went if we beat them. gung-ho and thought, you know what, let's just play forward at the back. Let's go for it. Let's try and win three games. Let's try and score three goals in each of the games. But we won't. It'll be really boring and we'll win one of those three games. It's a good time to be a Wolves fan, isn't it? We're all obviously very extremely positive <laughs> and jovial about the rest of the season. But potentially even looking at a late Europa League push, push as someone asked us earlier, do you think Wolves will still qualify for Europe? I, I think statistically, yeah. We can't, no, I don't think we even... We're not. Think we, well, if, I think we're going to have to win every single game and hope that, you know, obviously Everton, uh, who else is in there? Liverpool... Uh, Spurs don't win any games whatsoever. With ten points behind them, with ten to play, so you've got to win. You've got to get a point on them every single week. Mm. It's not going to happen. It's not so doom and gloom, aren't you, Tom? I remember when you were happy. Realistic. Those. Listen, I'm always real. <laughs> what? I'm always real. If, I you am beat, real. <laughs> if you beat West Ham and Fulham, then people will be saying it again because then you've got right. We've there's six point, and then it'll be whatever Sheffield United, West Brom. And people will be saying it again, but it's just like when you're in that position, you win, you look down. You win, you look up. You lose, yeah. you look down. It's realistically it's mid-table. It is right, chaps. It's time for the questions again. We've got some extremely good footballing questions. Might be some other questions that aren't related to football, but that'll be at the latter skip end. The of football the ones. People can just skip to the last five minutes because that's <laughs> when it starts to get really interesting. I'm just starting with Twitter first. <laughs> some really good questions. So thanks for sending them in. This is from C Senor, or his name Simon, and it's Sai Senor. Not sure. Hmm. It's <laughs> do we think Nuno has taken us as far as he can regarding league position, squad depth and recruitment? And will Wolves fans be happy to finish mid-table every season as long as we become an established Premier League club? I'll start with you, Tom. Try and, try and summarise that. Uh, <laughs> so no, no, Nuno hasn't taken us as far as he can. I think he could get us to the, the Champions League, I think, with time and with backing. Which I think he's going to get. I think he, he needs another two or three seasons to do, but I think it's possible. I think we've we've sort of, in, as fans, we've you know accelerated Wolves' progress in our heads. But I think that he's got his feet on the ground. I think maybe a bit of a shake up with the coaching staff or something like that as well. 
in the next couple of seasons might help. Just some new voices uh, added to the mix might help. What was the second part of that question? Um, um, regarding league position, squad depth, recruitment, and will Wolves fans be happy to finish mid-table every season as long as we're an established but Premier League club? Wolves fans won't be happy now to finish mid-table, but we should be at the minute, this season <laughs> and maybe next season. I think we should be perfectly content with finishing 10th. But um, you think we finished tenth this season? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm being optimistic there, but we're going to finish <laughs> no higher than tenth. Let's say that. I will uh, finish. All right, I don't know where it'll be, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be. Uh, I think the benefit that Nuno has had this season is that fans have not been in the in the stadium. He's been able to have a, an off season, a fallow year, if you will. But um, he can't afford to have that again next year if there is fans all the time but I think we will I think we'll have a really sort of a couple of years of just consolidating building a squad ready for a couple of years time you know all the transfers from the summer were all young players who will come good in a couple of years mm. the pressure will be on the season after next yeah I don't know what we're going to do when Jimenez comes back and we're still shit because that is <laughs> that is like the, 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 the scapegoat isn't it it's like like no. break glass in emergency. If we shit, it's like we're missing him and there's so if he comes back it's rubbish. I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> Finn, um try and try and summarize your answer. With that. Do you think Nuno's taken as far as you can? And are you happy as a Wolves fan to finish mid mid table every season for forever? Amen. I don't think anyone is, are they? Really? No one's happy to finish mid table every year. Like you see it with teams where they, they don't know what they've got until it's gone. I'm not saying we're one of those teams, but where they'll sack a I don't know, Tony Pulis and then Stoke go mm. down. Um, but no, no, it just shows you yeah, no one's happy with with being there because it's just not exciting. And especially for us, mid-table playing the football we are, it's the double whammy. Like if you're, I don't know, Southampton or maybe a bit more adventurous and finish mid-table, maybe there's a little bit more there for them um, and being top of the league at one point. Uh, sell some shirts. But um, but no, yeah, it's it, no one's going to be happy with it and we will push again. And like you say, with buying young players now, the, the cost of getting into the top four by buying proven players. It's, I mean, you see Man City, it's like 50 mil a fullback every time. Yeah. If you can buy one for 20 and, and pray that they turn into a 50 like eight Norris, what clubs like us have got to do don't have that power. So maybe it'll take patience and, and it'll be really annoying if we turn into a selling club where it's you take in the 20s and sell them for the 50s. I want us to see it through and, and sort of let them make the mistakes with us to then have the goodness as well. It, it's just what we do in the next few years. But no, he hasn't taken us. Um, as far as we can go, I'm 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 very confident in him. He's like he's like a god to me. Like, what a man! Fucking hell! Just moving over to the Instagram. We've had a comment uh, question. Do I still want Nuno out? I think I've made my um, I've now my colours to the mass in terms of what I think should happen, um, but not necessarily Nuno out um, next season. Back four or back five? That's a question from George Walker. Tom, back four or five? I'm going to quote Tim Spears from The Athletic. It should be a, mis a mix of both. We should be able to adapt during games to, to fit both systems. Mm -hmm. Finn? Yeah, in my head, it's almost like a just swapping Cody and Pedence. That's all that could change. As in, you have two centre-backs that will always play. Um, whether you have a number 10 and no Cody, Cody and no number 10, that's how it's, it goes next season. And then it just, yeah, it doesn't make us predictable. And either mm -hmm. of those, are, yeah, they'll mm -hmm. suit different situations. Question from Josh Ellis. Thoughts on why Nelson Samado hasn't been called up for the Portugal squad, Finn? What, 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 what are your that, thoughts on that? He's not been called up now. I didn't know he's, that. Uh, 
To be fair, they have got probably the best fullback in the world in Joao Cancelo. So mm. and Pereira well. as well. Yeah, the embarrassment of Richie's. I think there, I, I think Pereira's out injured as well. But he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, 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 he's had an all right season, but he's not exactly pulled trees up as he's made out. But are you, are you surprised to see him excluded? Him? Yeah, I, I didn't even look at that. I just assumed he'd be there. Um, mm. who, who's getting in above him at right back? Um, yeah, well, I'm surprised to see that. Suarez is gone. What? Really? Oh wow! I know. I mean, yeah. he, he can play on both sides, but. Strange, very strange. But I, yeah, I, I mean, start of the season, I, I wasn't a big fan. I wanted Corona in, so I was really salty. Um, well, we had Corona, Corona, still got Corona in, mate. <laughs> Been in for a bit too long. Hey. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have him in. I thought he played well yesterday. I think in the middle third of the pitch, there's no better wing back in the league, but it's just either end, he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. His dribbling's fantastic. <laughs> the, 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 Port, the Portugal defence for their next three fixtures is Cedric Suarez, Joao Canseo, uh, Duarte, Jose Font, Pepe, Ruben Dias, Nuno Menge and Rafael Guerrero. That Nuno Menge is a lad from Sporting, isn't he? The fullback. Yeah, a uh, young lad. Which, if, if there was ever a perfect signing for us in terms of name and nationality yeah, yeah. and previous <laughs> clubs, then he, he's absolutely perfect. But Tommy, are you surprised to see Tomado excluded from the Portugal squad? Uh, I don't well. I don't follow international football too closely, but I know that they've got Azerbaijan, Luxembourg, and some. You know, they've got three quite weak opposition. So I think it could be a case of a little bit of rotation or giving somebody else a go. But um, I'm not too concerned, to be honest. In fact, I'm glad that, uh, and hopefully Rui doesn't go as well and give uh, him a bit of a break for two or three weeks. We've had uh, just a couple more questions. We've had. Um, I'm going to try and summarise these. One of Daniel Hodge and a few of some Woody Woody's weight loss journey. Um, hope you hope you're losing weight. Um, um, the three loan signings and eight Nuri Jose and Virginia. What what would you do with those, Tom? Would you sign any of them? Well, I think we had the same question last time, didn't we? And I said, I don't know. It's still too early. And I mean, two weeks later or through however long it's been, it still wouldn't be the same answer. I haven't seen any. I don't think they've played, have they? Or A. Nuri came on for a little bit. Jose, I don't, I don't, oh, jo, yeah, Jose. I think you know now that they've uh, said that they're negotiating a lower deal. I think so long as it's no more than twelve million, I think it's uh, it would be worth getting him in to the squad, boosting the squad a little bit, some numbers. That's that's what we need. Yeah. What about you, Finn? Yeah, with the other two, it's there's no real evidence there, and hopefully we'll get that in the next nine games, but. With Jose, I thought he had a good game the other day, but no goals. Like, if if twelve million, what am I worth? Because I've I've scored a goal uh, for Wolves, everyone, and I've scored at Molyneux. Yeah. Um, so that's twenty on me at least. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, no. I, as a backup, yeah, I think he he fits the mould. But sh- I just with him, I think with crossing, he just doesn't move to the. But it's got to be on his head. Whereas when you see Silver come out, it's really frustrating. But all round, if you get him 10 mil, then maybe. But yeah. I want to see the other two show what they can do in the next nine games. And then I think in the next podcast, we'll have a, a better grip on that. I bet, I bet we won't. <laughs> <They're not. laughs> so we'll be asking the same question. Uh, yeah. Final final mm. question about the, the football before we move into the important stuff from Callum Williams. Dream first game back at Molyneux with full Mount Molyneux. Day to kick off time, team. Tom? Pre-season friendly Love against... That. Rails Aragon. Uh, Albion. Okay. Oh, no, so somebody really rubbish. Give them a bit of a boost. Well. Give them a nice day out. A little local team like Burton or Warsaw. Mm. Saturday, three o'clock. Do you remember yeah. them? Do you remember those days? Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> bright sunshine. 
Bright sunshine the week before the season starts. Lovely. So the brews at home on Saturday afternoon at three o'clock in a pre-season friendly. Yes, it's what dreams are made of. Tom's good shout. What about you, Finn? Mm. I think everyone's dream is to do a staged 10,000 comeback where everyone's going to argue about tickets and it's ridiculous and a waste <laughs> of time, really, at the end of the season. Uh, so I'm glad they're doing that. Um, but little, maybe let's go abroad. When are we going to get to do it? So Club America. Um, and then we play, I don't know, who's like a Southern America. Do a little tour of, of the USA. I think that was planned, wasn't it, to do um, Orlando and then Club America. So, yeah, mm-hmm. let's, go, let's take it. Take it worldwide and take their young prospect, whoever they're. I've, I've got a, a full Molyneux, but don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Tom. Molyneux in South America. I've got a question <laughs> for. Yeah. I've got a question Simpsons. for Finn. Is, You've got a question for Finn. Yeah. Um, when will you be dyeing your hair? Uh, what's the platinum? Is that the color that Raul's gone for? When are you the Aguero color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I was I did see it. I thought about that to say like. If he's back by the West Brom game, if he scores, I'll do it. I need it cut first, flipping out. But I'm looking at it. I don't know whether the guy in, um, what's his name, Jamie in uh, in Tetanel did it because I said, can you just do the exact same thing to me if he scores? But look out. I'll, I'll see if I can do it. Return of Vlogbox, say if he scores in his first game. Oh, yeah. I died in that colour in the summer, mate, and it's really hard to get the colour. So you got your work cut out. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm being serious. And, uh, Tom can't believe it. But yeah, I tried to dye mine that colour. You know, when you get like a quarter life crisis and you think, oh, I just need to change. It's either a tattoo or, or I'm dying my hair. And I opted for the yeah. the, the less permanent. And um, yeah, I looked all right, to be fair. Well, my mum said I did anyway. And that's all that matters. Um, well, at least we know that his skull is okay now that he's dying his hair. That's it looks, what Martin it looks better. better with the scar, doesn't it? Mm. It looks better. Hides it better. I think that might be. I think he's trying to hide it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. We've got a and if he's wearing co- some sort of guard, by the way. Sorry, yeah. Up, but if he went like that, could become iconic. Like, mm. I want to sign one of them immediately. Yeah, he's there. Looks <laughs> um, With his Sinkara little logo, Randy. <laughs> Finn, do you reckon, and we're getting into the important stuff now, do you reckon you've ever had the same milk from the same cow twice? The same milk from the same, <laughs> God, same, milk from the same cow twice. <laughs> So again, I, I I think I laughed. I, my headphones are cut. Do, do you think you've ever had the same, uh, the milk from the same cow twice? As in, like different bottles, not obviously from the same bottle. Yeah, yeah, not from. Set. Oh, has my wheat a bit been tricked? Uh, that's the only real time I have milk. So I, me, maybe not, because I'm not a big milk guy. Apart from a wheat bit, maybe once a week. But you'd think so if they keep it local. I'd like to think so. My naive about, brain that thinks I've seen the same pigeons all the time as well. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what about you, Tom? I know, I know you're I not really into your dairy products. You're more into your, your oat milk and stuff, aren't you? Now you're yeah, pretty much a vegan. Do you, but when you were already vegan, were back drinking normal milk. Yeah, I, I think the uh, I think yes, I think you would have done because they come from the same kind of farm. So you'd have had I don't know 10, 12 cows on each farm. So if you if you're buying the same brand of milk every week, you're bound to get within a year you're drinking from. The same Daisy. That's you know what. <laughs> Even with the pigeon question, it's just he's so measured in the way he says, and he he just makes it sound incredibly convincing. So you know what, we, that was amazing. Tom, thanks for that, mate. Thanks for that. You know, if you're watching, I can do press conferences for you. <laughs> um, Finn, why why are they called why are they called apartments if they're all together? Wow. Is someone just Google, like, is there some sort of website that I need I to... I don't know, but it's, uh, for some reason, they just land in my <laughs> <laughs> A part, is it, I don't know, does it come from some sort of Latin thing? 
That's the only, that's the only uh, thing going through. Can, my, can I just elaborate on this? I'm sure you've got the answer. Uh, so he actually comes from Italy. It's okay. so you're not not far wrong, but it's an Italian. It's an Italian root word, um, and actually, so it's it's not a part. It's a part. So part a piece or a part of a whole. So there you go, Susie Dent for you. He's like on fire. One, He's absolutely Bang. on fire. I think this will <laughs> be a question more so for me than than you two, especially now you don't eat meat. Um, um, Tom, and you can only eat, it's a question from Matty Moore, you can only eat orange chips or mixed grills for the rest of your life. Which one? For me, it's mixed no, grills purely because of the variation of just, I mean, orange chips are, are fantastic, but they are just are, they are just chips, whereas a mixed grill is, 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 is a selection of, of finely selected meats. Um, ben, what about yourself, mate? What would you rather eat for the rest of your life, one or the other? I'm all over it, yeah. And seeing what, what you... Uh... What you put out, they look delicious. I'm not one for a mixed grill all the time, but yeah, they look heavy, much better. Heavy, than heavy, heavy stuff. Oh, it looks lovely. Yeah, I'm all, Mom, is, it, is it worth me asking you, mate? That's well, you I think in, in my uh, meat eating days, I still would have gone for chips, though. Okay. You can't beat That's fair uh, t- tasty place in Sedgley. Big shout out if you uh, work there or own it, you can give me some chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Talk More podcast sponsored by Tasty Place in Sedgley. He's got a ring. To- <laughs> <laughs> We're all we're all for a all for a bit of money in the kitter. Oh, I think I think that's enough for today, chaps. I think we've um, we've exhausted all football talk and all shit banter hmm. today. Um, thanks for joining us, uh, Tom. If people wish to find you, where can they find you? I mean, if you really must find me, it's uh, the old golden black on YouTube, and that's it. Is that it? No Twitter, no Instagram. Nah, nobody's nobody's interested in that sort of rubbish. No, fair enough. Finn, where can people find you? Should they wish? Yeah, you can't even find me on YouTube at the moment, um, even if you wanted to. But no, F-I-N-E-R-R-Z. I've just realised you lot have got your... I need to put my name thing there as finished for people watching mm-hmm. on, on video. I'm not, I'm not plugging myself enough, but yeah, just Twitter, Instagram. I think I'm actually going to put an Instagram story on in a few days. I found something really cool, and it's a big moment mm-hmm. for me. So yeah, be there. Stay tuned for that. So where, where was that? Sorry, mate. <laughs> one point, yeah. F-I-N-E-R-R-Z, Finners on everything. Wicked. And I am M. Cooper Wright, writers in written across the usual Twitter and Instagram. And of course, most importantly, Talking Wolves at Talking Wolves across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you are new here, make sure you like and subscribe. If you aren't new here, make sure you still like and subscribe. And um, until next time, thanks for listening and take care.